All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. Very excited to have you all joining us here uh, on a very big day. It is uh, not only Thursday, uh, the first uh, Thursday of Q2 and of April. Uh, if you see me occasionally looking this way, it's because that screen has the Masters on it. We are recording this during day one, first round of the Masters. Also, baseball opening day should have been a day off, Phyllis. It should, it should yeah, be a national right. holiday, <laughs> at least for baseball opening day. But excited to be here. If you're joining us live, thank you so much for uh, for doing so in the middle of your work day and for pulling yourself away from whatever sporting event or early spring thing you're doing. Um, we, uh, if you're listening to this on demand or watching on demand, we're very excited that you're here and uh, downloading and listening. And you can check out every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future at salespipelineradio.com. Uh, and if you are watching live, you have an opportunity to be part of this conversation. And we're Phyllis and I are hoping that you will, because we're going to dive into something that I certainly don't know that much about, but I think is becoming more prevalent in the marketing space. So first and foremost, Phyllis Lee, SVP Marketing at Manifold. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm super excited. Um, the one thing I will say about kind of what you're talking about in the context of the world is that one of the key phrases I feel like I always hear about crypto is crypto never sleeps. And so I think it's very apropos that we're talking about it on a day with so many other major milestones going on in the world. Always a lot going on. Um, and I think I remember what we were, we were talking about something the other day. And I think we were, I think we were talking about topics for uh, the CMO coffee talk group. So, you know, the CMO group that you're a part of every Friday morning group gets together uh, a few hundred CMOs and a live chat, a live zoom call. And there's usually a topic that we cover. And you said like, how, 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 why are we not covering crypto and web three? And I said, well, it's a good topic. How does that relate to marketing? And I would imagine there's a lot of old people like me that might be asking that same question. Um, so let's dig into it. And again, if you're watching this live, would love to get your perspective on this as well. Chime in. We'll bring into the conversation as well. But Phyllis, I mean, by asking the question of like, what are marketers doing to be ready for this? What sparked that for you? What are you seeing and hearing that makes this a more timely conversation right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, I lead marketing for a venture holding group. So we have a venture arm, a venture studio, and an advisory practice. And that's something that we've been thinking about really across the enterprise for us. Um, working with companies at all stages of growth um, and all of that. So as we, you know, have been thinking about, um, you know, Web3 and what that means just in terms of, you know, the world and kind of the services we can offer, we're also looking at investments as well um, on the crypto and Web3 front. So I think it's just a little bit more front and center for me, similar to what you were talking about, Matt, as in terms of my marketing network, even beyond kind of our CMO group. I don't think that there's a lot of discussion about it right now among, I'll just call it like kind of classically trained marketers. There's a lot mm -hmm. of kind of learning from the ground up from people who've, who are more crypto native. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting to see the blending of the two. Well, help people understand that, that may not have even known we were in a web two. Uh, what are the distinctions? Like what, what makes, what's, what's web two, what, what makes up web two and what, what is going to be the distinctive uh, features of web three? Yeah, I always, um, the, the way I always kind of hear it framed is that web one is the ability to read. That's kind of the start of the internet. So around like 1990 to call it like 2003. Um, web two was the ability to like read and write uh, from about 2004 to 2014. And web three is really the ability to read, write and transact um, our own. 
and really obviously it's kind of gained much more popularity, I would say like around, you know, last year, like 2021, but really the timing from when that started from a lot of people who have been crypto native for a while is probably around that 2014, 2015 time. Um, and what that means in terms of transact is really that you're cutting out like a middle person in that process uh, that creators can really continue to own um, and that there are business new business models that are blockchain enabled related to ownership mm -hmm. that allow creators to kind of have that ownership for the long haul and also just transact in a different way with that blockchain technology. So let's let's go a little deeper on that. Just make sure people understand when you say transact. I mean, we're not, this isn't just sort of traditional e-commerce because traditional e-commerce is traditional currency through banks, um, through credit card processing companies. I mean, there's a whole infrastructure, obviously, that isn't going away right away. But what we're talking about is sort of eliminating that as a middleman there. Right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that that is definitely like one aspect of it. Um, and transact really is takes on a whole new meaning in Web3 because when you're new to the community, you become an owner, a partner, an investor, also an early adopter and a user all at one time. So whereas in Web2, if you're a marketer, your primary stakeholder is typically someone who's part of a buying team or perhaps an individual, depending on whether you're doing B2B or B2C type work. In Web3, that, those stakeholder groups are much more diverse, wide ranging, and really you can't ignore any of them as a result of that. So the transacting that's happening on the platform typically is caused either by a token, um, you know, blockchain, crypto type token, or, and, and that's kind of some sort of cryptocurrency, or it could be a non-fungible token, like a digital asset that would be an mm -hmm. NFT. But there's an exchange that's happening. There's also an exchange um, you're kind of buying yourself like a piece of ownership in the community as well. And mm -hmm. as a piece of that, you get to have decision-making authority in the community. You get to invite other people. You probably have a level of access and are granted some extra perks. And there are some like, there, there's some gated community type aspects um, that deepen your level with that engagement with the community, the more you engage with it. So right. there's just, it, ju it does reward a level of transaction in a way that Web2 Kind of, kind of purely, really, kind of cannot and does not today. Yeah, I mean, super fascinating stuff. And if you start to dig into and think about, okay, what are the implications of this? Um, on the consumer side, I think it becomes a little more sort of obvious in my mind, right? To be able to say, listen, like there's ownership, there's trading, there's value you create as a member of a community, as just as a, an individual that's a creator, whether or not it's the crypto or NFTs or not, or what, whatever the sort of format is. Um, Talk a little bit about what we're seeing now in terms of sort of the B2B side. What are some examples of how you think this is relevant to, to B2B marketers? Maybe not this quarter, but what are some things people need to start being aware of and think about? Yeah, it's interesting. I think when I think about kind of the evolution of marketing in Web3, there are kind of two main, you know, call it buckets of activities that I'm thinking about related to that. Number one is digital advertising. How does that come to life in a crypto world? Because blockchain technology does kind of, um, enable and remove a lot of the pain points that people point out with um, Web2 today. That's probably, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to that second since that's probably more from like a consumer angle. Um, the other is really from a go-to-market standpoint. And it's really interesting because I think that in a crypto and Web3 world, actually a lot of the practices that people have learned doing B2B marketing, account-based marketing, um, really thinking about a lot of the strategy that goes behind that 
will transcend to Web3 for some companies. It depends on in the crypto world whether you're centralized or decentralized, whether you have a token, you're based on a token or you're not. So for example, Coinbase is a company that is more centralized. There's no token involved. It's more like a gateway to you know kind of enter this crypto world. They're going to employ a lot of techniques that you see in the Web2 world. They're going to leverage a lot of the existing frameworks and all of that to really kind of bridge the gap between, because you're really bridging the gap between those Web2 users, bringing them into Web3 in a way. Then on the, um, on the flip side of it, you'll see companies that are more decentralized um, that have a token and they're leveraging like much different playbooks as a result of that. They're using token economics as a result of that, mm -hmm. kind of like doing airdrops and things like that to incentivize those early adopters. In the B2B environment, that early adopter could be a developer, for example. Mm -hmm. And that could, mm -hmm. be the, that could be like the very first entry point. And you know, a lot of the kind of frameworks and how you think about B2B decision-making um, in Web2 probably does apply, but that primary stakeholder, that the gateway could be different in Web3 as a result of kind of who you're looking at first. So a lot of those frameworks in terms of like, you know, the branding, the positioning, <laughs> you know, kind of where they are in the journey, what's important yeah. to them. Truthfully, all of those things still apply. Like all those yeah. frameworks are still there. Yeah. The frameworks are still there. It's just sort of like access to information and how that information gets exchanged and where the values exchanges. It's just fascinating to think about. We've got Phyllis Lee on uh, Sales Pipeline Radio today. She's the SVP of Marketing at Manifold Group. We're talking about crypto and Web3 and the emergence of this as a as a as a consideration for marketers and i think it's it's you know it's easy to say well this is in the future i gotta worry now you think you gotta start thinking about strategy right now and i think you know, i want to thank morgan pierce for asking this question next is you know around sort of the control that individuals are going to have on their personal data right we've got gdpr rela related to personal information we've got the death of third-party cookies that google keeps pushing out but is definitely going to come and then we now have this sort of what's what's you know what's saved about us in the blockchain and who owns that do consumers still have access to that or do we have to rewrite the rules of privacy now with this whole i mean do, do, does gdpr and can spam and and i mean does what's emerging today from a privacy standpoint even apply or does it does it have to be uh, written differently yeah, my perspective is really that in Web3, the rules are completely different. So there are going to be those privacy concerns, but Web3 is inherently more friendly to consumers and privacy. Um, you know, for those who are a little bit less familiar with Web2, um, you know, in terms of the back end of when some of these things that happens, like, you know, the minute you look at a web page, there's a chain of software that is powered up that is trying to identify everything about you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to understand your intent, trying to motivate you to do things that perhaps you're not really trying to do, trying to, you know, kind of running tests on you. There are all sorts of things that are happening in that world. And of course, they're collecting information about you. That's, you know, that's really what this question is about. In with blockchain technology, you know, you can use a blockchain to validate each consumer's journey to confirm, like, for example, what ads they viewed, um, you know, whether or not, they're at a certain point in the purchase cycle. All of that can be done without really kind of having their personal data in a way that happens today. Um, and primarily because you have these gated networks through, you know, like Facebook and Google that you're kind of using and, and all of that. So the, the infrastructure is completely separate um, and different. And so it is more privacy forward as a result of that. 
seems like there's gonna be some education that's gonna need to happen on that front. Um, what are you, and I think that there's still, I think about what conversations I've had with people about crypto and blockchain, there's still a lot of skepticism from a currency standpoint, from an information security standpoint. Um, and I think we're still very, it feels like we're still in early adopter territory where a lot of the language around this still feels a little inside baseball. What are some things you're seeing that are helping uh, those that aren't that haven't been early adopters understand and get their arms around the opportunity here to sort of explain blockchain in a way that sort of sort of helps make it more relevant and um, understandable? Yeah, that I think that that's the number one um, task of marketers for especially crypto native projects, um, mm -hmm. you know, in the weeks and months to come. But also for kind of these um, efforts that are really bridging Web 2 and Web 3. Right now, it inherently feels like the crypto community is marketing to the crypto community. It's really right. not, you know, it's really not very user friendly beyond that. Um, I think obviously we're seeing kind of larger scale efforts um, like we saw in the Super Bowl and things like that to increase awareness to crypto. But I think there's a huge gap between just knowing that it's there and figuring out like, how do you get a wallet? How do you, you know, like, what do you need beyond a hot wallet? How do you make a purchase? How do you stake somewhere else? Like the, to your point, there's a whole nother world related to that. The motions, the terminology, even the, you know, the protection that you really need to have because all it is, you know, you have to have your seed phrase. And if you lose that seed phrase, like that's it. I mean, even like, you know, even awareness about some of those very functional things, um, need to kind of be surfaced. I think that that's a major, major area that especially layer one blockchains are really going to be tackling like in the months and and, and certainly like in the year ahead. Um, I think that we'll be, we'll see kind of an expansion into additional platforms. You see a lot of community building today on Discord. Obviously there's crypto Twitter, um, Telegram, because crypto is such a global community, but I think inevitably there's going to have to be expansion to more like YouTube content, you know, like places where kind yeah. of your average consumer is sitting to tackle some of these things. Well, it seems like a pretty big opportunity um, for 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 uh, for a brand or for for you know someone to be able to come in and help translate this for the masses, right? And I feel like you know we did this a few years ago, like four or five years ago. AI was sort of big discussion among early adopters, but it was like AI enthusiasts talking yeah. to AI enthusiasts, and no one really. I, I didn't. What is this? What's the practical application? Now, all of a sudden, like we're not really using AI, but like in marketing circles, we're talking about intent signals, yeah. right? We're talking about machine learning and, and sort of in dynamic lead scoring. Like, so we're putting it in context and like, oh, that's what it is. Wow, that would be awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's what it applies to. We need that for crypto. We need that for the blockchain. Um, and I may not, I may, I'm showing my age and naivete when I call it the blockchain versus blockchain. Um, but I think that, you know, that it's clearly an opportunity for brands that are involved in this, I think, to not just, you know, uh, put their name on um, in the Super Bowl and on uh, sporting venues, uh, but help, so help people understand why this is important moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I think even the benefits are really um, not explained in a real way. And I, and I and a lot of what I see is that people are so enamored with the technology being new that they quickly jump into this discussion about what the technology is and how it works when really people don't even understand like the real benefits of it and why. Now, the crypto native people, I think, really do. Like a lot of those crypto, you know, crypto native communities are really built on purpose, on community. It's totally different. They're figuring like constitution. Um, DAO that was set up like that, you know, to purchase a copy of the constitution. They didn't know exactly how that was going to happen. They set that up and then they said, 
okay, as a community, how are we going to figure this out? Of course, they still had to get to the fundamentals of, you know, like a roadmap and all of that, but they don't lead with a roadmap the way you do in web two, you know, in web two, you've got to have like everything super defined and, you know, you're, you're, you're using that product roadmap to figure out how to engage someone in a deeper and deeper experience. And crypto crypto native, you know, web three stuff is totally different in that regard. Um, but yeah, so that bridge is, is pretty wide today. I, I'm excited to, to have to see marketing help with that. Well, and I think look, the more the more we have this conversation, like, you know, and, and if you're if you're following along here 16 minutes in and need to sort of re-listen to this to sort of grok everything we've just talked about, that's part of the process. Um, but I think the more we talk about it, the more we expose it, the more accessible it becomes. Um, and so as we wrap up here uh with our guest today, Phil Slee from Manifold Group, you know, I I really appreciate you raising the issue, appreciate being able to start this conversation. What are some places where you have gone to learn uh, yourself about um, the opportunities and sort of for other people that listen to this that might want to sort of dig in a little further, maybe maybe best not to go to a crypto Reddit board that might be speaking a different language. But, you know, where do you where have you been learning and where do you recommend others learn as well? Yeah, it's interesting. There's more and more content really in mainstream media. So New York Times has had like a bunch of different articles that they've published, I would say, like over the last six to 12 months, um, you know, for hack for for crypto newbies, I would say. And Dreesen has a very good crypto canon. They've got a crypto canon, NFT canon for marketers out there. There's a go to market um, article that's very, very strong that they've published. Hacker Noon actually has a very good article that I've shared that explains it's called um what the f is is blockchain <laughs> i think is it's something very close to that and it explains what it is but in non-technical terms so that's been really great for me to just share with kind of family friends and, and my network who are like i'm curious about it but i just literally like don't really know what it is um so those are and then the masari thesis is also a place that i would like there's a very um, there's a very detailed um you know kind of analysis on what's going on in the crypto space um, last but not least, I would say Kraken also publishes a lot of stuff as well. And they're they're obviously a very known player in that space. I'm hoping that obviously from a manifold perspective, we'll start to publish more and more as well. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. I love, I love, thank you for sharing all those resources. Um, I, I particularly like just what the F is, is blockchain. I always feel like, remember for, for years, we would, it would be like blockchain for, blockchain for dummies. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not a dummy. I just don't understand this stuff at all. So if you want to, if you want to use plain language to speak to it, don't plain language doesn't imply I'm a dummy. So right. maybe we need to create a series, not blockchain for dummies, but like a series, what the F is X, yes. like whatever it is, just like, don't make it on me. Just what is this? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's my rant for the day. Phyllis, thank you so much for joining us and starting this conversation. We could be doing, we could go way down the rabbit hole on, on various, these topics, but I love that we can at least uh, get it started. And in some cases admit, listen, new stuff is new. It's not, you know, don't be ashamed you don't understand this stuff. New stuff is, you know, sometimes takes some time to figure out. So I appreciate you helping getting that conversation started and sharing some other resources with us as well. Thanks so much, Matt. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Thanks, Morgan, for the great questions. Uh, keep those coming each week. We'll be back next week and every week at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. My name is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio.